Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast. Lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's put our hands together for the almighty God. I am already rejoicing. I am already excited for this great, mighty day, awesome day, powerful day, blessed day. I don't know about you. This is a great day the Lord has made for a great blessing. So we must rejoice and be glad in it. Let's clap for Jesus again. Wonderful God. I'd like to welcome you to this glorious service today, and I thank God you are here. One thing I'm sure of is that you will never live the same way you came. The Lord will meet you at the point of your need. You know that as our faces are different, so our needs, our desires. And so the Lord will sort you out as a person, as an individual, and meet you at the point of your need. I didn't hear that amen. The amen didn't start convincing I didn't hear that, amen. I just brought a great message for you that the Lord will meet you. He knows your name. He understands what you are going through. He have, he's feeling your pains. And he's saying, I am going to meet you specifically at the point of your own personal need. And so shall it be today. That everyone that has stepped into this church today or yet to step into this church today will be met by God at the point of their need. So shall it be for you. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 19 and 20. I believe you are aware that we are declaring fast today. Declaring fast means you are full of expectation. <laughs> expectation not to eat breakfast and lunch. <laughs> and expectation to have God visit you. Deny yourself of food and you receive grace from God. You understand? The Bible said, when we fast, not if we fast, it's part of our Christian practice to fast where we want to seek the face of God. My understanding of fasting is getting much, much better than it used to be. Fasting is not really to fight the devil, but to seek the face of who? Of God. And that is why God asks us to fast. Two things people of old fast for. They fast for their sin, so that God will forgive them or visit them. Or they fast taking their needs to God, that God will visit them and solve their problem. Period. Or for the devil, we deal with the devil anytime, whether you fast or not. <laughs> you understand? You command the devil to go, you address the devil in your prayers, and then he obeys you. You don't need to fast for the devil to obey you. That is not scriptural. Because you deal with the devil by the grace that God has enabled you with, the power of the Holy Spirit. But to subdue your spirit to seek the face of God so that it can address even your enemies for you can address your situation for you and bring you to where he wants you to be. Honestly, if not for the word of God, I really don't know where I would have been. The word is life. The word is food to our soul. The word is direction. 
a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The word of God is our manual where we get instructions from, where we get inspirations from, where we fight situations with, where we live a good life beyond what men can see, and where we draw hope to live. The assurance of the word of God is what drives me more to God. When I see his word and the assurances, I say, I cannot leave this God. I just have to follow him because there's so much about him. And I thank God that he's bringing his word again to us today. The word is coming again to heal us, to deliver us, and to straighten us, and to prepare us for this end of year fasting and prayer. I just wanted to be on the floor from now till the fasting is declared at the end of the service because the word for today is well related to the scripture of declaration of the fasting so that you'll be in the spirit and be on the floor. I just want to give you this expo so you just prepare your mind that God is already speaking to us through the entrance of his word. 1 Samuel chapter number 1, verse 19 and verse 20. The Bible says, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. If I were you, I would just underline, and the Lord remembered her. Verse 20. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Because I have asked him of the Lord. What did I say you should underline? And the Lord remembered her. Who is the her in this contest? Hannah. Somebody say me. And that is the revelation behind this message. And the Lord remember me. If you cannot very well appropriate the word of God to yourself in a prophetic manner, you have a lot of problem receiving grace from the word. Yes, we're talking about Hannah. And the Lord remembered Hannah. But it's so interesting because this is also English that... They use her. And that her can be any her. That her can be any him. And the Lord remembered me. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But what does it mean for the Lord to remember Hannah? What does it mean for the Lord to remember Somebody that he knows so well as in one-on-one. -on -one. What does it mean for God to remember his covenant child? Does it mean he had forgotten about Hannah? Hannah was no more in his mind. Does it mean... For some time, he blotted Hannah out of his mind and he forgot her. Can God forget somebody? Can God forget his people? Isaiah 49, 14 to 16. If you have a Bible, 
Please open to Isaiah 49, verse 14, 15, and 16. Isaiah 49, Can I read from verse 14? But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord had forgotten me. That was what Zion said. Who is Zion? The church, the children of God. The church said, God has forgotten us. God has even forsaken us. Why should they say a thing like that? Because probably for some time, the Lord have not visited them. Probably for some time, they have been praying and they didn't seem to have the answer to their prayers. Probably for some time, they have been doing things to seek the face of God and God was not responding to them. Probably for some time, they would have been coming to church regularly, doing their service to God diligently, and expecting God to respond to them in a particular way, but God did not respond. So Zion now said, the Lord has forsaken us, and my Lord has forgotten me. And I became personal, where the Zion of a church can become an individual that said, my God has already forgotten me. Forgotten me because I've been praying, I've been waiting on him, I have been doing my work, I have been serving him, I have been coming to church, I have been paying my tithe, I have been giving my offering, I have been doing good, I've been preaching the gospel. What else can I do? And I've been trusting him. It looks like my God has forgotten me. He doesn't know whether I exist anymore. That was what Zion was saying. And that was what individuals in Zion were saying. Then the Lord now spoke. He spoke what Zion was saying. He now spoke his mind by saying, Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Is it possible now God was reasoning with them? Yes, you are feeling, you are saying that I have forgotten you. I have even forsaken you. But let me ask you a question. He was asking them. Can a woman forget her suckling child that he will not have compassion for her own son, the son of her womb? Is it possible that a woman will see the need of the suckling child, innocent little child that is still, you know, sucking breast, if I might put it that way, a little child, a very little baby, and the baby will be crying, I need, to, I need to eat. The only way he can eat is the breast, and the only way he can express himself is by crying. And the woman said, I don't care about you. I have even forgotten you. I think I need to forsake you. What did the child do? But is it possible, humanly possible, I think there are mothers here, that a mother will forsake or forget the suckling child. You know, at times when child begins to grow big, maybe 15, 16, 10, you know, you can flog the child, they can get naughty. You might go out, of course, he's in your subconscious, but you just, it's not an issue, you know, he's playing, he's fine. You can't assume that for a suckling child because it's always with you. You can't afford to leave him with somebody for a long time because that person does not have the milk. 
And so that child must always be there. And when the child cries, it's like something is happening to your mind. You can never be settled. And God is saying, can a woman even forget her suckling child? That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? I know the answer. But God continued by saying, yeah. They may even forget. It's possible some wicked, horrible, demonic women may forget. But that is not normal. That is not natural. But even when it happens that a woman may forget her suckling child, me, I will not forget you. I didn't hear that. Amen. I, your God, will not forget you. And so, when the Bible said, and God remembered Hannah, does it mean that God actually forgot Hannah? No. Hannah, to God, is like a suckling child. You, to God, is like a suckling child that cannot be forgotten. But all of a sudden, the Bible said, and God remembered Hannah. So it's deeper than what the, the letter is saying. Now, the Lord began to explain why he cannot forget his people. He said, behold, I have driven thee upon the palms of my hand. My walls are continually before me. I cannot forget you because right at the palm of my hand, I have engrafted you. I have carved you inside. I have put your name there and I can see your face in that name. In the palm of my hands, I have engrafted you. So when I clean my face, I will see you. When I eat my food, I see you. When I raise my hand, I see you. When I go, you go with me. When I sit, you sit with me. When I walk, you walk with me. When I am lying down and resting, you are there with me. You are in the palm of my hands. I did not leave you somewhere else to come and look for you sometime if I need you. But I go with you everywhere I go. I have engrafted you in the palms of my hand. Who is God talking about here? Are you sure he's talking about you? Of course, he's talking about you. That he has engrafted you at the palm of his hand. So, there is no how he can forget you. There is no how he can forsake you. Forsaking you means he will cut off his hands. For God to forsake you, he will cut off his hands and he will no more have palm. And if he cannot cut off his palm where he has engrafted you, he cannot forsake you. Am I communicating with somebody? So when the Bible said that God remembered Hannah, it actually means that God decided to turn his face. Hannah has always been present before him and God never forgot Hannah, but God decided to take action against the challenges of Hannah. And so when Zion said, perhaps God has for, forsaken us, perhaps God has forgotten us, God is saying, how dare you imagine things like that? Can a woman forget her suckling child and not have compassion to the son of her womb? But even when some crazy and uh, mad women decide to do that. Even mad women don't do that. Even me, I cannot forget you. And because I have engrafted you at the palm of my hands, it's impossible for me to forsake you. So God began to describe our relationship with him. And say to us, say to you and I, that it's impossible for me to forget you. Meaning, as you are this morning, with all that you are going through, and all you have been through, 
God has not forgotten you. And God has not forsaken you. Because he will never forget you. Neither will he forsake you. So, the fact that you are going through issues that he has not addressed does not in any way mean that God has forgotten you or forgotten your issues or that God has forsaken you. That you are still going through a challenge that seems to be bigger than you does not in any way mean that God has forgotten you or God has forsaken you. That people are looking at you and wondering where is now your God does not mean that God has forgotten you. Neither does it mean that God has forsaken you. Am I being understood this morning? So do you think that God has forgotten about you? I, just two people are just sure. Others felt somehow. You know, you know at times, to be very honest, at times, you know, they say, out of the abundance of the, the mouth, you are not convinced yet. Because at times, there are certain situations in your life, you think that God is no more looking my way. God has actually, God is, so let me try to draw the attention of God some more. God is not, you have done, done everything, I, oh no, God has given up on me. God has just given up on me. Otherwise, why should this brother, why should this sister, why should this person be having their testimonies and I'm not having my own? God has. So I think there are a whole lot of people in this church this morning that are in that cycle or that space that still feel that God, pastor, you can preach whatever you want to preach. Bring us scripture as you want to bring. For me and my situation, I know that God has forgotten me. How many of you are thinking like that? Let me see your hands up. You don't want to raise your hand. But if I said, are you sure that God has not forgotten you? The answer I get and the direction I get, let me know those that actually felt that God has forgotten them. Can I ask that question again? Don't answer me religiously unless you are sure. Are you thinking that God has forgotten you? Praise the Lord. Holy Ghost will help us today. <laughs> Do you think that God has forgotten his promise for you? Do you think that God has forgotten his covenant for you? Do you think that God has forgotten to answer your prayers? Why do you say no? What you have been praying, has he done it for you? Huh? You know, we are communicating. I mean, this is not preaching now. We are just enjoying ourselves. If God has not forgotten you, why has he not answered your prayer? Okay. Are you convinced in your heart? <laughs> but the big question is that, can God actually forget you? Is it possible for God to actually forget you? Of course, the answer is capital no. It's not possible. From all we know about God, reading from Genesis to Revelation, God can never forget his own. It's impossible. It's impossible. It is non-existence that God, you know, God knows me more than I know myself. God knows me more than my wife knows me or my children knows me. God remembers me more than they do remember me and have me in their minds. That is why we need to draw more to God than to man, no matter who. Let me say this thing, because maybe it might not please you, but that's the truth. God remembers you more than I do remember you. Whether we like it or not, that is the truth. I cannot remember you as much. As, at times I forget your name. Do you know I am that? I say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. That is just the basic truth. But God can never forget your name, not even one second. At times I forget what you're even going through. Uh, Pastor, I told you, oh, okay, uh, the Lord will do it. The last time I will do it. 
the Lord will do it. So just hold on to that God. Even before you remind me, God has been reminded because he knows what you are going through. So, that will help our relationship with this God because he's the one that knows everything. And he can never leave you, neither will he forsake you. Most times in the midst of our challenges, we think that God has forgotten us. Most times the state of our situation suggests to us that God has forsaken us. Because the situation is too much and it's been lingering for such a long time. How about now? If God answer prayer, well, for what? One year, two years, three years, what is happening? Maybe what other people are testifying was either simple coincidence or maybe they have a special thing, a special way they relate with God. So situations might begin to suggest to you that it's actually possible for God to forget you. But no, my friends, nothing on this earth is a proof of God forgetting us. Nothing. Not time. Not situation. Not what people think. Not time. No matter how long that time has taken, it is not a suggestion that God actually forgot you. No matter how bad that situation has turned since you began to call on God, that is not a suggestion that God has forgotten you. And no matter what people say or think regarding you, that does not in any way validate that thought pattern that God can forget somebody and you have become a victim of God's forgetfulness. But anytime the Bible says that God remembers someone, what the Bible is simply referring is to the time set for that person. The time that God has set for that person came and God addressed the person's situation and the Bible said, and God remembered the person. That remembrance is not that he did not know you or he left you for a while. Absolutely not. He wouldn't have left you for a while because when you pray, he answered. But the manifestation has to come over a period of time that he deemed it necessary for the manifestation to come, depending on what you want to achieve in your life. I have done some kind of prayers and instantly I get an answer. And I've been doing some prayers and over the years I've not gotten the answer. The same God that answered instantly, the same God that I'm depending to answer the one that have lingered over the years. But he determined why he had to answer some speedily, immediately, and how he has to hold on to the other. But I know that when I pray he has answered me, but the manifestation is taking some time. And that period of time, it might look as if God has forgotten you. But that's not the truth. Knowing God is so powerful. And that will give you rest when you know that God answered your prayer when you pray. But the manifestation might take time according to his will. He did not forget you. But he settled your case. And put it aside. And set a divine alarm. Or divine remembrance. So that when the alarm triggers on, he will dust your file and do what he has already settled. That is the remembrance. He will dust your file. When that alarm that he said triggers on, he will dust your file and say, yeah, this is the time for me to do this. Before, he couldn't have brought the glory. Before, the testimony wouldn't have been so sweet. Before, that person would never have been a good instrument using this experience for me because he would think that that's the way things happen. I have to take him through a process for me to be able to bring the best out of his situation. So when I now answer, then it becomes a more glorious time for me as in giving me glory and a more blessed time for the person. And so... God works things out by himself for us. There are other examples 
where God remembers people. And you can imagine that God never would have forgotten these people. In Genesis 8.1, the Bible says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the water assuaged. How, how would God have forgotten Noah that he asked to build an ark and he asked all the animals to enter the ark and for a hundred and something years Noah was... Is it possible for God to actually say, oh, I forgot Noah. Let's, where, where is Noah? I don't know about Noah. No. That was the design of God for Noah to build an ark, for all the animals to come, for rain to come and to destroy everything he has created. But the Bible said in Genesis 8.1, and God remembered Noah. Meaning at a point, Noah would have been feeling, maybe God has abandoned me in this ark. Am I going to live with animals forever? How can he ask me to enter an ark with animals and if my family members and we have been day and night eating and drinking with animals and all the things they do? God, what is happening? Have you forgotten me? And God said, Genesis 8.1, and God remembered Noah. Meaning that it looks as if God had abandoned him, but that can never be the truth. Genesis 30.22, the Bible says, and God remembered Rachel. And God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And God did what? Remembered. Did he forget about, or did he forget about Rachel? No, he wouldn't have forgotten about Rachel because he knew what Rachel went through in the hands of the father. And he knew the effort that Jacob put in the life of Rachel. He knew the operation of Rachel for no crime of hers. And he knew that Rachel also became barren. Why? But after, it's like, the sin of Rachel was too much, so I forgot her. Can it be? Rachel was never known to have committed any sin against God. But it got to the time, the Bible said, and God remembered Rachel. And of course, remembering Rachel means opening her womb. The womb that was shut for such a long time. Exodus chapter 2 verse 24. The Bible said, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. How would God have forgotten his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Is it possible? No. And so, the children of Israel went to the strange land, and they were enslaved in that place. They became Fetchers of food and hewers, hewers of food and fetchers of water. And they became the people that they played with and they were in trouble because the, 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 the Pharaoh that knew not Joseph came into the throne. And they were being so tortured. And they were groaning and crying. And God did not do anything for them. God did not see, their, see them for anything. But it goes with time, the Bible says, and God heard. Does it mean that before, as they were praying, God did not hear? Is the ear, I mean, are the ears of God blocked that he could not hear at that time? Maybe something, God received a miracle and, oh, I cannot hear. Oh, I'm not hearing the children of Israel groaning. Was that the case? No. The Bible said, and God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant. He has been hearing their groaning. He has been remembering his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But it wasn't time for him to do what he wanted to do for his people. So when the time came, the Bible recorded it this way. And from that moment going forward... The one that was neglected, the ones that seemed to be forsaken, the one that were molested, the one that were slaves, 
began to reign and everybody in the world began to fear them as the Lord delivered them from the hands of the Egyptian and Pharaoh and destroyed all their warriors and they took their silver and gold and they went through miraculous way on their way to the promised land that he has promised them and reestablished them in the land that he has promised them and that took also a process of time but that time the Bible said and God remembered the promise that he had with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob Listen to me, somebody. The Lord is remembering you today. Yeah. I said the Lord is remembering you today. Yeah. The Lord is remembering somebody today. Yeah. You know, God is never unmindful about our pains. Like you are having pains and God is saying, I don't care what pains. Just like a suckling mother can say, I'm not unmindful about what my child is going through. Let, let him cry. Let him, let him cry. Even after giving that child breast and he's still crying, you now begin to wonder, you check his body, is there an ant somewhere biting this boy? You begin to try to find out what could, oh, is it that he is not feeling well? Oh my God, this child has been crying. I don't know how many times my mother cried because I cried. A time before I start crying, she would be crying because of the compassion she had for me. Even growing up, even growing up, I'm not talking about, I didn't know myself when I was a suckling baby. But when I have something and this thing is paining me, as I'm reporting that something is paining me, she'd be crying for me. I can't imagine what would have been happening when I was a suckling baby. Because that was compassion, that was love, that was care. That was the, because of the fact that you matter to me, you mean so much to me, and I don't want to go through any pain. Am I being understood now? So God knows your trials. God knows your cries. Even when he did not show up at a time that you want him to, yet he has not forgotten you. He cannot forget you at the times of your trials of life. He's also paining him somewhere. But he said, well, my plan is bigger than your plan. My ways are bigger than your ways. I don't want to come in now to deal with this situation. Just hold on. Bear it. Bear it. Hold on. I will come. And then the Bible will record, and God remember Charles. And God remember Rachel. And God remember your name. <laughs> then it will be written like that. So hold on. You remember Hannah? I didn't, in fact... I blocked the womb of Hannah. Don't tell her. And she's been crying, but I don't want to do anything about it. But in that got to the time, the war recorded, and God remembered Hannah. <laughs> and the story of Hannah changed. Hannah began to compose songs. Hannah began to dance before God. Hannah began to be the best worshiper. Hannah began to be the best, the best you know, servant of God. Hannah began to prophesy. She received everything at the same time. But please don't tell her that I was the one that shot her womb. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In the verse 16 of Isaiah 49, the Bible said, Behold, I have grafted thee upon the palms of my hands, and my walls are continually before thee. That will tell you how close you are with God. Someone is just asking right now. So if this is so true, why has he not changed my situation, pastor? According to his word, according to his promise, according to his covenant with me, are you not the one that said to us when we started this year that this year is the year of the glory of God revealed? How has it been revealed in my life with all I am going through? <laughs> you know, if we have to take statistics, sincere statistics, and say, how many of you are feeling like that? I, I'm sure that there will be more than 50% hands up. <laughs> but let me not bother you with that. God knows. But do I blame you? I don't blame you. It's also a level of understanding. That's why we are trying to bring up our understanding to be better than when we came into the church. Now, 
If, for example, at this point in time, you can see Hannah, and you ask Hannah, did God actually forgot you? Or you ask Rachel, did God actually forgot you? Or you ask Noah, do you feel that God actually forgot you? Or you ask Israel, when you were suffering in Egypt, did you imagine that God actually forgot you? Or maybe you have an opportunity to see Zacharias, the husband of Elizabeth. Zacharias, what do you think about God forgotten or forgetting you? I believe they will give you the same answer. And the answer is simply that we actually thought when we were going through our challenges that God forgot us. We actually thought, Hannah, we say the same thing. Rachel, we say the same thing. Noah, we say the same thing. The children of Israel, we say the same thing. Zechariah, we say, we actually thought that God had actually forgotten us. We thought that he has forgotten us at some point in our life. But now we know better that even when we actually thought that God forgot us, he did not. He was waiting for time. You know why they will say it? Because they have experienced it. They have gone from the story to the glory. So in the glory, they can tell their story. And they can tell it the way it happened. Right now, you are still in your story. And so you are imagining that God has forgotten you. Wait till the glory comes. You will say, I had actually thought that God did not answer that prayer or will not answer that prayer. And God has actually forgotten that prayer. And God actually forgotten me. But now I know that God has been waiting for his time. Somebody is about to receive the glory. That will enable you to tell the real story. Your story is not finished right now. When the story is finished, it's when you enter the glory. When you have now said that God has actually remembered me. And he was always remembering me, but I thought he had forgotten me. That is the, con that is the testimony of somebody in the house today. I believe it in my heart because it happened to Hannah, it happened to Rachel, it happened to Zacharias, it happened to Israel. At different times, it happened to people. Now your own case is going to be the same case that you had actually taught, but now you now know better because God is going to meet you at the point of your need. I said God is meeting somebody at the point of his or her need. In the name of Jesus. I know this is the de developing story of somebody here. The story is being developed. And you will say, I remember that Sunday. Today is 10th, isn't it? The 10th of November when Pastor preached that message. I actually claimed it. But somehow my mind was saying, but I claimed it. So I tried to claim it. But you see now, that is actually the reality for me now. That has become the reality for me. Because when I thought God has forgotten me, my pastor said God did not forget me because he can't forget me. But now, my case has, what went actually worse. But look at what God has done. I want to prophesy to somebody today. Before we close from this service, you will be so convinced that God has remembered you. You will see the evidence of the remembrance of God upon your testimony. The whole world will say that God has remembered you today. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please be seated. When your own time comes as he has come, what happens is that the power of God's faithfulness will draw all God's attention to you. And nothing can stop you from shining from that moment. You know, that's one of the reasons why I don't so much talk about the devil. You know, the devil... Hey, I had a covenant with God and the devil couldn't stop my covenant with God. So why should the devil stop my blessing and my testimony? It's not possible now. It's because the time has not, that alarm has not triggered. When it triggered, the whole of heaven will favor me and the devil will be weeping. And the devil will be doing what? 
will be weeping. So why should I spend all my time cursing him and abusing him? And what, when I have God that I need to call upon. You know, most of the things we call the devil for is not even the devil. You can imagine Hannah saying, the devil, I bind you. You made me, you, 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 you shot my womb and God said, I'm the one that shot your womb. No, it's not you, the devil. The, that devil is a bastard. The devil said, what did I do to you, Hannah? What did I do to you? Am I the one that said that God should love you? And do you know why God should? Why are you calling me day and night? He says the devil. You go and organize vigil. You go and go to the mountain. You go and go to the valley. You are fighting the devil. And the devil is saying, you have come again, Hannah. What is it that is in, in you that I want to begin to do this thing to? What, what's my business with you? You are praying up and down and everywhere, left, right, center. You didn't even know what is going on. Hannah will be so busy. And God said, Hannah, don't waste your time now. I'm the one that shot you. But I won't tell you I'm the one that shot you because say, why should you shut my womb, God? If you love me so much, why did you delay this testimony? If you love me so much, why did you promise me and you didn't bring it the time I wanted it? But God's plan is bigger than our plans. Because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Now listen to me, somebody. Delay can never be denial. So when God said, I remember somebody, means there was some delay sometime. But God decided to visit that person at the point, an appointed time, and the story of that person changed. Now listen to me. One thing is very constant with our God. Please note this, if you have not noted any other thing. God does not forget his people. And God does not forget his promise. And God does not forget his covenant. And so he will not forget you. And so he has not forgotten you. In the name of Jesus. First Kings chapter 8 verse 50, 56 declared. Blessed be the Lord that have given rest unto his people Israel. According to all that he has promised. There had not failed one word of all his good promise. Which he has promised by the hand of Moses his servant. He said, there has not been one word that has failed, that did not come to pass out of all the promises that he gave to them through the mouth of Moses. But now listen to me. Do you think that immediately he promised his, the people saw the manifestation? No. One of the promises took them 40 years. I am taking you to the land flowing with milk and and he told Moses that I am going to take these people to the land flowing with milk and honey. And it took them 40 years to get there. But did God do it? Did God do it? So there was no promise that God gave to his people that did not come to pass. But did they come to pass about the same time? Did they come to pass almost immediately after? You see, God is so constant. He knows when you need something best and most. And he keeps it to such a time. That is why I'm announcing to somebody that we're just entering this fast. Because God has remembered you. In the name of Jesus. You know, this is not just for Moses, but everyone that belongs to God. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, the Bible says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. God does not change. If he promised, he brings the promise to pass. In Hebrew 13 verse 8, the Bible said that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and what? And forever. He cannot change. He cannot make fake and false promises. I want to take time to read Hebrews 6, 13 to 20 from the New Living Translation. And you'll be able to establish the fact that God cannot lie and God cannot change. Hebrews 6, 13 to 20. The New Living Translation said, For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater or to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you 
and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God has promised. Now when people took an oath, they called on someone greater than themselves to hold them on to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly assured that he would never change his mind. You know, why I love the Bible so much is that if you have eye of the spirit, the Bible might be talking about somebody and it's not using those. So that means it's not actually only for that person, but for other people. <laughs> so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly assured that he will, I mean, he will never change his mind. So God had given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to do what? You know, at times we think that God has lied in this case. But God can't lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him, men run to God for refuge, can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already done gone in there for us. He has become our internal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He has become our internal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. God has taken us into the most holy place, a place of assurance that he will do what he said he will do by the power of his covenant. We are holding his priesthood to that and say, God, you can't lie. You can't lie. Jesus, you can't lie. How many of you are so confident that Jesus can't lie? That God can't lie? So when you hear God say, as you say to you, you say, God, thank you for saying it. I know you can't lie. The only thing is that I don't know when you are going to do it or bring it to pass, but I know you have done it already. What hope? What power of hope? That is a situation we must understand that it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot change and God cannot lie. What he says he will do, he will do. And he will do it without fail. In spite of what the enemy is doing or saying, God will still do what he wants to do in your life. So to Abraham, he promised and he swore by himself. The Bible is saying that the same thing he has done for us. But it's not stronger in our own case because he promised and he made a covenant upon that promise by the blood of Jesus Christ who has become our priest. So he made a promise, he made a covenant and he used the blood of his son to seal that covenant. So everything that God has promised you has been sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can now see that at the fullness of time, God must, out of necessity, remember his people because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I say this prophetically to somebody. God is about to remember you here today. Our challenge is in trusting God to the end and believing his word that his promise will come to pass and we hold on to it till God brings his promise. There are two very key things as I'm closing that makes our carnal and natural mind to suggest that God might have forgotten us. One of them is time. After many years, you think that, oh, forget it. If God wanted to do it, we would have done it last year or five years ago. Time is the thing that plays tricks on us. And God himself dealt with the issue of time by experimenting with Abraham and God said, I'm not going to bring this son early. I'm going to make this son not to come on time. But Abraham still believed God. The other one is situation running contrary or against our hope. 
maybe things are in level five, meaning that you have one to ten. And God made a promise, I'm going to bring you to ten, and you're in five. And we're saying, okay, God can do it. Jump the other ones. But all of a sudden, the thing gets to four. All of a sudden, it gets to three. Ah, but God, you say you are going to take me to ten, and now I am in three. All of a sudden, it's in two. Ah, no, God cannot do it again. All of a sudden, it's one. Ah, no. God, you say you are taking me to ten. Now I am in one. Then for Abraham, he brought it to zero. There was no more hope anywhere. Nothing to hope on anything. But God was, I mean, Abraham was saying, you said you are taking me to ten. You brought me down to four, to three, to two, to one. I'm not talking about time now. Time has been passing. But the reality of that in manifesting is not zero. But yet, will I trust you? Abraham overcame the two of them as recorded in Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 20. He overcame time. He overcame contrary situation. Romans chapter 4. I want to quickly read because we are going somewhere. We have rounded up. Romans 4, 18. The Bible said, who against, who against hope believe in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, now to zero. When he was about a hundred years old, the time has passed, a long time. From 75 to 100, that was 25 years. And from, um, you know, my kind of partial fortune of the body to zero functioning, then it becomes a, a terrible case. And neither yet the deadness of the womb, that's double catalepsy. The said his wife's womb has also gone dead. It's not just his body, the wife's body has gone dead, and of course the time has passed, and there was nothing to hope again. And the Bible said, even in the midst of this, he was still hoping. The Bible said in verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was seeing the scale falling from five to four to three, and God said, I will do it, and to two to one and to zero. He saw his age moving from 75 to 76, 77, 80, 90. Up, I mean, there, everything natural that would have supported what God said came to zero. But yet, Abraham believed God, and yet, God did it because he promised. No situation can ever stop God from doing what he said he will do. When God says this, he will do it. It doesn't matter what the situation is saying, either time or nature. God is above nature. God is above time. And his word takes care of them all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God remembered Abraham at a appointed time when everything has failed. God is remembering you today. You may not have heard on like Abraham, but I have a good news for you. Because of the Lord's mercy, he might not want you to get to that zero point of Abraham. He's taking you now. Maybe some of you are, you are on has fallen from five to two and say, okay, two is enough for your faith. I am going to bring it to pass. Wherever your level is, God is visiting you today. In the name of Jesus. I say God is about to remember you. I am emphatic on this because God is about to remember somebody. There will be a testimony to this and the zeal of the Lord will perform it. As we begin to fast and wait on God, you will see what the Lord will do in your life. This is your time to be remembered. God is about to remember his promise concerning you. He's about to remember his covenant concerning you. And it's about to remember all your prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. I would like you to stand to your feet and begin to give him thanks. And say, God, I thank you because you have also deemed it necessary to reassure me that you have not forgotten me. Begin to thank him. That you have also in this service reassured me that you are still faithful. In our situation, we make me think you are not faithful, but you still have assured me that you are still in the business of showing your faithfulness. I mean, who can, who can be God except God? <laughs> who can do the thing that God can do? 
Who can make the impossible possible except God? Who can bring life out of a dead man except God? Who can bring a son out of a dead womb except God? Who can bring life out of a dead man except God? Who can change your situation that people have written you off except God? Who can give you the testimony that will marvel men because they thought it would never happen except God? Who can do that thing that people will begin to testify with your testimony wherever they went except God? Who can do the thing that will make you share tears of joy and tears of joy continuously because you thought it would never happen except God? Who can give you things that even when all men put together decide to contribute to you, they can't give you that thing except God. Now begin to appreciate God this morning because he has remembered somebody in the house. He has remembered your case. Don't mind the failures. Don't mind the challenges you've gone through. God said, I didn't forget you. I'm just waiting for this time. I did not forget you. I'm waiting for this time. I did not forget you. This is the time I want to answer that prayer. Is somebody thanking God this morning? Is somebody really appreciating God? Is somebody really appreciating God? Is somebody really appreciating God? Oh, Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your faithfulness, oh Lord, for the thing you have done, for the word you have given, for the extension of the word you are yet to give us as the fasting is declared. We are grateful to you. We are now more hopeful, more assured more ready to receive your blessing. You have put us in the pedestal with Father Abraham, who even against hope, still believe in hope. And you counted it unto him as righteousness. Father, take all the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighter Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighter Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.